Well, welcome. Welcome to Life Point Fellowship Church. My name is Alex Velarde. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're just stepping in for the first time or you're joining us online, whether it's our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, our podcast later on, I want to welcome all of you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to begin a brand new series today, and I'll tell you about that in just a second. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Um, <clears throat> Just a quick reminder, next week, does anybody know what next week is? Father's Day, yes, yes, Let's, we're going to celebrate fathers next week, and I want to encourage you to invite someone, make a point to invite someone, uh, we're going to have a baby dedication, and I have a great message for families, you do not want to miss it, uh, we're going to have a car show, we're going to have motorcycle show, chili cook-off, the winners are going to get, like I think it was, I heard like a $100 gift card for whoever wins, whoever is able to, willing to uh, donate their time and bring their cars and motorcycles and all of that, chili cook-off and all of that as well, it's just going to be a fun day. And if you like to have fun, I love to have fun, uh, please join us next week, both services, baby dedication, awesome message dedicated to or geared to the family, car, motorcycle show, all of the above, so don't miss it. Um, it's a great opportunity. You know, there's a lot of people that drive by every Sunday, and when there's, they see a church that is fully alive, that is, a, that is attractive. People want to be a part of that, and we have the hope of the world, and we know who the hope of the world is, so why would, not, why would we not share it uh, in a fun and exciting way? So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, I want to begin by asking you a question. What comes to mind when you think of these words, Satan, angels and demons, spiritual warfare, and your soul? What is the first thing that comes to mind when I say those words? Satan, demons, angels, spiritual warfare, and your soul. Like I said, we're going to begin a brand new series. It's a three-week series called The Invisible War Against Your Soul. The Invisible War Against Your Soul. And here's what you need to know. The Bible is clear. The Bible says that there is a very real, spiritual but invisible war that's going on right now and the effects of it the, the outcome so to speak of this war shows up in many many different ways it, it shows up in our strained relationships our damaged relationships the effects of this invisible war shows up in our emotional instability at times in our mental fatigue and our physical sometimes when your your body is exhausted the effects of this, the outcome of this spiritual war, invisible war, shows up in many areas of our lives. And many times it pins us down by anger. Sometimes it pins us down by unforgiveness, comparison. I mean, the list goes on. Insecurities, fear, unforgiveness, pride. And so the enemy, his plan and his strategy is to catch you off guard. Did you know that? Like he wants to come at you like when you're unaware and unarmed. And if you're tired of being pushed around, if you're tired of the spiritual pressure, then I would hope you would join us for three weeks. If by any chance you're taking a week off because you're on vacation or whatnot, you know, I tell our volunteers, I told them earlier today, I said, look, 
you know, vacation is good. Our family, we were out of town last week. Take, take a week or two off this summer, um, but don't, like, take the whole summer off, okay? And I, I, I'm preaching to the choir because we have a full room today, but, um, but if you're exhausted of fighting the spiritual war, uh, I want you to, to join us for the next few weeks. Now, I want to be very clear with our goals kind of set up some guidelines because here's the truth when you talk about this subject you know satan demons angels and all that um some people take it to the extreme okay and like we know who those people are right like there's a demon there's a fallen angel under every rock all right like you're like you can't do anything wrong it's like the devil made me do it right and there's that's one extreme where it's everything is spiritual everything is like spooky and out there and there's you know like any problem you face any struggle you face it's like a fallen demon okay and that's like oh well no, no, i don't know about that all right but the pendulum also swings the other way because there are people who even when i say the word say like the name of the enemy it's like oh i don't even like to like even when i say like demons and angels it's like oh i don't it's kind of sounds a little bit spooky and i'll be honest with you i don't know if it's my personality or what but i kind of i'm on this spectrum right like i don't necessarily like i don't usually like use the words you know satan demons angels like that much even from my preaching like i don't i don't and i feel a little bit even uncomfortable using those but there is there is no doubt there's a group of people who will look at the bible and say well you know it is in the bible it is you know demon possession and all of that stuff it is scriptural but it's for a, you know, for a different time. It's just for, you know, for a day and age, maybe not for right now. And so what we're going to do for the next three weeks is we're going to see what the Bible actually says, all right? Like, I don't know if you've ever turned the TV on. Like, I, I've done this before. Like, turn on the TV, and there's some crazy personality, and this preacher, evangelist, or whatever, like, he's preaching. Like, he's yelling and sweating profusely, and he's really not making sense of anything. And, and sometimes they're, like, speaking in tongues, and it's like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. And I don't know about you, but I've turned on the TV, and I've watched that for a moment, for a few seconds, a few minutes, and then I thought, I wonder what the Bible actually says. And that's what we're going to do for the next three weeks. Like, we're going to dig deep into God's Word, and we're going to find out, okay, what does Scripture actually say about this subject? Because the, the pendulum swings both ways. You have, the, on the one hand, people who it's, it's all about fallen angels and, and demons and spirits and all of that. And then on the other hand, and the other spectrum is like you have people who are like, I don't know if I stay away from that stuff as much as possible. So this study... It's going to be a little bit more teaching than, than preaching. It's going to be an intelligent study based more on facts than emotions. And my hope is that I would add some value to your spiritual journey. Okay? So we're going to begin in verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let's begin with a quick word of prayer. Father God, I ask that for the next few minutes, Lord, you would you untie my tongue. God, would you help, us to, help me to be clear? 
in this presentation. God, I ask that you would remove all distractions. People in the room getting up to go to the bathroom and moving around. God, I ask, would you remove all distractions? People are watching at home with their families. God, would you remove all distractions, Lord? Would you allow us for 20, 30 minutes, would you allow us to just focus on you, Father, and be attentive? God, may we just not be thinking about other, other stresses of life, God, but may you be our, our primary focus this morning for the next few minutes, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so look in verse 10. Let's put it up on the screen again. There is a clear command from God's word in verse 10. Do you see it? It says this, finally, it says, be, what's, what's the command? Strong. Be strong. Now, you need to know that in the Greek, this is written in a way, this is not, like, this is not a suggestion, Okay, this is not like God, I think, you know, like God giving you some good advice and like, I think it would be a good idea if you're strong, okay? This is a, like an imperative tense. In the imperative tense, this is an imperative command. You could translate it like, like you must be strong, all right? There's no option. Like, like God is, is saying, like, you, this is, you know, you have the Ten Commandments, right? This is a command from God. You've got to be, like, this is not an option, now, I want you to notice something that I think it's interesting. It says, it says, be strong in the what? In the Lord. So that's the first point for today. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So whatever you do in this battle that you, you're fighting, that all of us fight, it is not your own strength. You, do you get that? Like whatever you're doing, like I, I understand God gives you gifts and he gives you abilities and he gives you power to do certain things, but this is not one of those things. Whatever you're doing in this battle, you need to understand that your strength needs to be, your power needs to be in him. Does that make sense? It is not like be strong, like I'm gonna muster up some strength from within my soul and I'm gonna be, you know, like a superhero, you know, like I'm, I'm gonna be strong. No, 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 no. None of that, like that's not what the text is saying. God is saying, this is not your own strength. This is not about what you're capable of doing. This is not your gift. This is not, has nothing to do with your abilities or your capabilities. When you give your life to Christ, God gives you divine power. You, all of a sudden you have access to divine power to do things that you were not able to do before you were a believer. It's kind of like this. Can we put that picture up, the next picture? It's kind of like this. Have you seen those at the airport? I didn't know this, but Love Field Airport was the first to install those walkways. And like at the airport, um, I mean, they're really long. Sometimes you'll see people like jump on them, and sometimes you'll see people just dis decide to just walk next to it. How many of you walk right next to it? Would you raise your hand? Okay, some of you guys are like, nope, I'm not doing that. How many of you actually take it? You actually jump on it? Okay, all right. You run on them, huh? That's awesome. Um, so I don't quite run on them, but I do get on them. Um, what, what the picture in verse 10 is, is this. What God is saying is, he's saying, get in on my power, right? Like you will go a lot further, a lot faster if you do life in his, like it says, in his, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's his mighty power, not mine. Look at the next verse. It's almost like God is saying, you can choose to walk on your own if you want, or you can get in on my power. It's, it's, you're gonna get a lot 
further, a lot faster, spiritually speaking, if you, like, do you have access to it? Why would you not use it? Look at the next verse. Put on the full armor of God. This is not your own armor. This is the armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's what? Schemes. That word schemes is a word strategy. It's um, the enemy, and I don't think that we, we, we think of this in real tangible terms, but the enemy has a strategy. Like he has a plan of attack. He has a set of strategies to defeat you, to take you out. If you're a, if you're a Jesus follower, you're no good to him. He wants to, literally, he wants to, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, the Bible says. He wants to get rid of you because you're a force for good. Now, I understand sometimes you may not feel like that, but you in this world, if you're a Jesus follower, you're a force for good, and you, you're, no, you're no good to him. So he wants to plant doubt. He wants to plant fear in your mind and your heart. He wants to tempt you. In other words, he wants to entice you. It's like, like a fishing pole, like with a little bait. He, he wants to entice you or to draw you out of God's will, okay, because he doesn't, he doesn't like um, what you stand for. And so he, he's got a scheme. He got a, he's got a strategy. Verse 12, for our struggle, watch this, is not against flesh and blood. It's interesting. Um, our struggle, our struggle. In the ancient Greek, this was hand-to-hand combat. Have you ever seen uh, a boxing match? Okay, that's kind of what the word struggle means here. This is a one-on-one. Our struggle, our hand-to-hand combat. This is, uh, have you ever seen a, a wrestling, a wrestling uh, match? Like, like where, man, they're going at it. They're on the mat, and they're turning, they're flipping, and they're doing all of this. The other day on YouTube, I saw this famous Navy SEAL going against another guy, and I don't remember the name. But, man, they were going against each other until one of them was literally on top of the other, and the guy had to basically tap out. And so this, that, that's kind of the, the, the idea there. Our struggle is not against flesh and what? Blood. In other words, your spouse is not the enemy. Your boss is not the enemy. That family member that's getting on your nerves or that's frustrating you or that's kind of, man, like just life, just make, they're making it so much more difficult. They're not your enemy. You have to understand this. That circumstance that you're going through. It's not the enemy. That organization, a lot of times we, we look at the places that we work for. Sometimes even the churches that we go to and we feel like, man, they're the enemy. No, 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 no. You have to, you have to be very clear because the enemy will create confusion and he wants you to think that it's everybody else but him. And so he's got a strategy and there is this struggle that is real, but it's not, it's not against flesh and blood it's not material like a material issue you're fighting what verse 12 is all about is you're fighting an invisible war you can't see it there's just like there's a strategy there's a clear hierarchy if you look at the end of verse 12 kind of like in the military how you have general and lieutenants and majors and and you have sergeants and you have different ranks right you have different levels the same way it is with our enemy like there are different ranks 
and you're fighting at different levels. It says, you know, you're fighting against rulers and authorities and powers of these. And so these are all different. Like there is a strategy, but there is also a hierarchy in the spiritual war that's invisible. And it's hard to know because, like to distinguish because it's invisible. But here's what you need to know. Number one, you gotta be strong in the Lord. Number two, you need to know your enemy's plan of attack. You've got to know. You have to be. So many of us walk through life so oblivious. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I'm teaching this, but at times in my own personal life, I don't even recognize it as something that's spiritual. But, and that's partially because I'm on the other side, right? I'm on the other spectrum, okay? But you have to, you have to know. You have to be aware of the enemy's plan of attack. So the word scheming strategy, so he's got a strategy. He's got, so we know that there's a strategy, there's a hierarchy, right? It's an invisible word. Don't you think that the enemy knows that that fact alone makes it a lot harder? If it was visible, it would, it would be a little bit easier for us because it would be tangible. We could, we could, like, we could, um, like, we could see it and feel it, right? And, and, like, we could hear it and smell it and, like, see it coming, you know, and so it would be a lot easier. But here's what I want you to know. It may be the, the war is invisible, but it's as real as all get out. It's as real as the, the electricity that's running through those wires up there. The only reason why I have light on me right now is because there's something running through those wires that I can't see, right? The only reason why you're able to watch at home and you can, you can enjoy the message from the comfort of your home or you can listen to the message is because there's something that we call electricity. When my kids were young, you know, like... You know, and the challenge is when, a, when you have a kid like that's young, like they're, they're grown up, they don't know anything, you can't see it, you can't smell it, you know, but they were so curious and they would always, I mean, they had the whole house to play with, but they always went, they, they gravitated to the electrical outlets and they always get the little fingers. It's like, I wonder what this little hole is, you know, and they try to get in there. And I was like, no. And they looked at me and they kind of gave me like a, you know, they were sad and then and they just keep going because they were so curious. And then I was like, no and then I was the ugly monster right in the house no, you know well I know that it can kill you it's real so this war it's invisible but it's real it's like bacteria and viruses right like oh boy like after last year right don't we know they're you can't see them but they're real they exist natural gas right like I go home and turn on the grill I can't see anything but as I turn the knob and I hit the little button get a little flame right it's real it's like uh, carbon monoxide you can put somebody you can put me in, in a room enclosed room f and fill it up with carbon monoxide and what will it do i can't see it can't even smell it but it will take you out and this is what you have to understand this war it's hard to explain i don't i couldn't explain electricity to you but it is as real as the chair that you're sitting on right now. Where does the invisible battle take place? Part of knowing the enemy's plan of attack is you got to know where it takes place, right? Where does it take place? Because, like, we don't send our military into war territory, uh, enemy territory without knowing the landscape, right? I was watching a documentary years ago of how they captured Osama bin Laden. Man, they had satellite images of the place. They had thermal uh, things you could see through walls. I mean, they knew the landscape. They're not sending our 
men and women into enemy territory without knowing. They knew that compound like by heart. You've got to know. If you're in a war and it's an invisible war, if you don't know where it takes place, then you're on the losing end. Let me show you where it takes place. First uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians. It's on the. You just write down the reference real quick. I'm going to go through a few verses here. Second Corinthians ten three. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Okay, so that's what I'm t- I'm saying. Totally different war. Okay, it's not visible. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. This is kind of the, the walkway that I was telling you today. Like, like you have divine access like, uh, or power available to you, okay? So use it. And so, I said, we, um, so the weapons we fight are not from this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Look at verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So basically, anything that gets, sets up against the knowledge of God, we, that's what we're fighting against. And here it, it tells us there at the end where the, where, the battle be, where the battle takes place, where the war takes place. It says this, we take captive. We take captive. It's a war. We take captive every... Every what? I I didn't hear you. Every what? Every thought. Every thought. You take it captive and make it obedient unto Christ. The battleground where this conflict takes place is between your ears. The battleground where this takes place is in your mind. It's It's your belief system. It's your worldview it's the things that you say to yourself have you ever caught yourself saying things that, that were not true about you, to yourself about yourself like you're saying something that's like no that's not true that's where this battle begins and one of the biggest lies i was listening to chip ingram on this issue and man i heard a great analogy i think i've used it before um, and i don't know if it's original with him but it made total sense and he said this, he said, the biggest lie that the enemy wants us to believe, and the biggest lie in Christian circles in America is this. He said, he wants, us, he wants to manipulate us, he wants to, to get us thinking that our God is a big cosmic vending machine. That's the, the lie of the enemy. He wants you to believe that our God is like a big cosmic vending machine, that this world is like our playground. And our goal is to just be happy. And he wants us to think that, like, if you push all the right buttons, like you read your Bible and you go to church and you check all the right boxes and you're, you know, morally clean or at least better than most people and you show up every once in a while, check, 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 like you push a button, A1 or B2, you know, like a vending machine, you know, H4, like we will get whatever we asked for. And he says that like this, it's, it's like if you put in the right formula, if you put in the right code or whatever on this cosmic vending machine, like you'll have an awesome life. Your, your marriage will be conflict free. Your kids will grow up and they will be perfect. You'll never, you'll never face a hard hardship or difficult times cancer will never touch you you know because because god is this 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 like this cosmic vending machine and he wants to love you and he wants to and if you just figure out the formula like he's you're supposed to be happy 
This earth is our playground, and we're supposed to be happy. And so he just wants to, like he wants, he'll come through for you. And here's a challenge for many of us. When life happens and difficulties come our way, we are disappointed. And we look to God and we say, why? And we raise our fists and say, how could you, God? After all, I've, I've been pure since day one. I saved myself for this marriage. And then she cheated on me. How could you, God? After all I've done, I've been faithful. God, I've been, you know how I've served to you, Lord. And they got into a wreck. How could you allow that to happen? How could you allow bad to happen to good people, God? Translation, I'm really mad because I push all the right buttons, but I'm supposed to be in a playground and I'm not a happy camper. And it's the biggest lie that the enemy wants to confuse us with. And here's what you need to understand. There is truth to some of what I just said. It's a lot of lies, but there's some truth to it. And the difficulty in this battle that we fight is to discern because the enemy will sprinkle a little bit of truth with a little bit of lies. I'm gonna preach about this probably on the third week. Like when Satan comes to Jesus, like he quoted scripture. Did you know that? Satan actually quoted scripture, but he quoted half of it. He didn't, he didn't quote the whole thing, and that's, a, that's what happens. Yeah, God does wanna bless his children, God is a good God. He does love you. He, he does want to meet your deepest and your, your greatest needs. However, this earth is not a playground. This is a battlefield. And that's what you have to understand. The war happens in our minds. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, watch this. Satan, who is the God of this world, has, help me out, church, has blinded the what? The minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who's the exact likeness of God. So God says, be strong in the Lord. He says, know your enemy's plan of attack. His goal is to blind your mind. Satan and his forces, his plan, their plan is to terrorize your mind. To cause you to feel like you're helpless. To cause you to feel like you're hopeless. To make your life one of, of misery. To make you spiritual, like to make you feel like, you're, like, you're, like just, you're spiritually defeated. Like you're worthless for the cause of Christ. That is his ultimate goal. To make you feel like, you know, you're just doing life. You're just here and you just do work and then you do home and you're a good person. But you, you don't have any purpose and you really, it doesn't really matter whatever you do. Watch what the Bible says. First uh, Peter four, uh, 5, 8, 5, 8, 5, 8. Be alert and of a sober mind. Sober mind. Sober. He says, be sober. Be alert. Like, wake up. Wake up, church. This is what God is telling you. He's shaking you up a little bit. Wake up. Hey, I got, a, I got a message that I want you to hear. This is important. I'm shaking you up a little bit, okay? Be sober. Be sober. Like, be alert. Be ready. Your enemy, the devil, what? Prowls, Prowls around 
like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay, what do, how does a, a lion prowl? Like, I'll never, like, you know, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, you know, I was asked myself that question. How does a lion prowl? And I actually, I love, I love the, the um, ability that we have to look anything up. And so I YouTubed it, you know? And this is what I found. You want to see it? Can we, can we show it? Just a 20-second clip. Let's, let's show it, guys. Don't, don't miss it, okay? does he do what's he doing he's let's play it again did you guys miss it watch watch it again let's 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 play it again watch this he's looking intently his eyes are fixed on the prey he is subtle his timing is impeccable he's patient he's waiting for the perfect moment he's looking for what's vulnerable He's looking for what's easy to kill. Now, let me ask you, do you not think that the enemy does the same thing in your life? When he comes after you, he doesn't come announcing, here comes the enemy. No, he doesn't do that. He comes at you when you're low. He comes at you when you're like emotionally and maybe spiritually stressed out or down. Like he's not coming to you when it's like, like, like it's a fun day, like you're going on vacation. Maybe he comes then too, but he comes to you in those moments like maybe you're, you're traveling and you're all alone. Maybe he comes to you late at night and he wakes you up. Maybe it's through your dreams. Maybe it's when you're sick that he comes after you. Maybe it's when the finances are not there. Maybe it's when you just had an argument with your loved, your loved one. Maybe it's when you're in a dry place spiritually, and you know those places. I've been there plenty of times. It's like, I don't even know if I believe. That's one of the moments when he comes at you. So he's got a strategy. He's no dummy. He's been around for a while. And so what's the command, command from God's word? <clears throat> be sober. Be alert. Be ready. His goal is to tempt you with lust, to tempt you to quit, to tempt you with depression, envy, anger, I mean, you name it, to, te- to get you to believe that, to tempt you with the, the false belief that these people won't ever appreciate what I'm doing. It doesn't even matter. I'm just going to quit. They don't, nobody will ever appreciate me. These kids never know what, how much I do. He doesn't know how much I do in the house. She doesn't know what I've done for her. That's what he does. It's those moments when you're vulnerable. The Bible says this, we're almost done. Ephesians 4 and 26 says this, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Watch this. This is the part that I want to really focus on. Uh, For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Watch this. Watch this. Anger, the Bible says, gives a foothold to the devil. The devil, and it's focusing on anger here in this example, but it's it's saying that it's anger that gives a what to the devil? 
a foothold. What's a foothold? It's, it's, it's where you place your foot as a support, right? To reach like a climber, like, like somebody that's climbing. What, what do they need? You need a place, okay, where you can put your feet to reach the next level. And what the enemy's trying to do is he'll use anger to, as a stepping stone to reach out and grab you by the neck and choke you. That's what he wants to do. Now, anger is just an example, but he will use lust, he will use envy, he will use whatever is at his disposal as a, as a stepping stone, as a, as a foothold to grab you by the neck and to choke the life out of you and make you feel worthless. So what I'm trying to communicate, and I hope you get my heart today, is this invisible war is not like you remember the old and I never watched this so I just want to give a disclaimer but I've seen like pictures here and there the old exorcist movie like like this is not it's not like the, the paranormal stuff that you see on TV like this spiritual war is nothing like that it's a real war that happens in our mind and hearts it's a real war that, that happens when we have unforgiveness and bitterness and our hearts are hardened and, and our marriages are broken up and our families are split because we're just not willing to, to give in or to give up or, and surrender. And so the Bible says, be strong in the Lord. It's a command. Get on that walkway. It's not optional. Number two, it says, know your enemy's plan of attack there's a strategy, there's a hierarchy, and it's invisible war, it takes place in your mind. And three, he says, fight like Jesus. I'm gonna ask our worship team to get on, to, on the stage as we close. Fight like Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in the same way. Those things that I mentioned a second ago, lust, Jesus was tempted with lust. <gasps> no. Yeah, he was tempted with lust. He was tempted with anger and pride. and I mean, you name it. He was tempted with envy. And how did he do it? How did he win his battles? I love that first song that we did. How, did he, how was he so victorious? The Bible says, Hebrews 4, 15, uh, he has been tempted in every way, every way, just as we are. Like, it's just not something I'm, I'm making up, right? Like, he has been tempted in every way. Yet he did not sin. What was his plan? How was he so successful? Remember right before the, before the cross? You know, it wasn't like, like Jesus was like this superhero from a, one of the Marvel movies. The Bible says he was fully man. You have to understand this. Fully man, fully God. The thing is, people think, oh, he's Jesus, you know. No, no, no. He was fully man, fully God, but... He, even though he had all of God's power at his disposal, not once, I've read the Gospels multiple times, not once, you can read him, test me. Not once did he ever use his power, his godly power for selfish ambition. Not once. It was always for others. It was always to give. It was always to serve. So he was fully man. He was fully God. And in that moment, before the cross, he was sweating blood and he was tempted to quit. And he asked the question, will it be my father's way or will it be my way? Because I'd rather go the easy way. So what did he do in that moment? What did he tell his best friends? What did he tell Peter the night before? Remember what he told Peter? Like, it's, this is it. This is the moment. This is when it counts, Peter, right? 
He says, Simon, it's Peter. Let's put the verse on the screen if we can. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you. That's sweet. He wants to destroy you. He wants to obliterate you. But I have what? I pray. I pray for you. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he told his disciples, hey, buddy, like, let's pray. Let's pray. Man, the enemy's attacking. Let's pray. Let's get on, let's get on our knees. Let's pray. We got to pray. We, I, I was thinking about this. The, the Son of God, why would he have to pray? He's the Son of God. He's all-powerful. You know, he could have just snapped his fingers. He could have just said the word and defeated everything, the whole enemy. But I think it was, this was a, he was being a role model for us. This was an example to us. So that we could come and like him, we could pray in those moments. And so the way you fight is on your knees, like that first song, right? The way we fight our battles is on our knees praying Lord I need you and there are times when you get on your knees and the words don't even come out and you know the beauty of our relationship Hebrews 7.25 therefore he this is Jesus is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him you need God to save your marriage you need God to save your relationships. You need to God to save you from your workplace, whatever. He's able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. Next slide. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. You know what that, that word to intercede means? What does that mean? It means to pray for us. And what Jesus was, what God is saying here is, Jesus is our mediator. So you, you don't know what to say because you're so down and the enemy is it's just being one blow after the next and you just don't have the strength to do it. Just get on your knees and let him do the talking. He knows. He can do it for you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, you're involved in a visible world and an invisible war. The two intersect. I don't understand it all, I'll be honest. It's like electricity. But I know this, prayer is a divinely authorized mechanism that God has given us to tap into his power. Let me say that again. Prayer is a divinely authorized mechanism God has given us to tap into that power. It's like that, that walkway. Refusing to pray is like having a refrigerator without plugging it in. We're going to be ineffective in this war. So my challenge to you as your pastor is to be strong in the Lord. Don't do it on your own. To know and be aware of the enemy's plan of action. Are you aware? Are you aware that he wants to take you out? There's a purpose for your life. He'll do whatever it takes to destroy you. So what's happening, the enemy is not your ex. Your, the enemy is not, and you fill in the blank, your boss. The enemy is not 
Make sure you know your enemy's plan of attack. And then when it's all said and done, fight like Jesus. Fight like Jesus. Father, we come before you. God, you know our hearts. You know where we are at right now. Father, I pray that you would fill us up. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your teaching. God, I pray that we would be like, that we would have the attitude of Christ. God, when, when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do, when we don't know how to fight, God, may we fight our battles on our knees with our hands raised up, worshiping you. May we not fall victim to the lie that, oh, you're like this big vending machine. You just, we just push the right buttons and we're going to be blessed. We're going to be wealthy and healthy. It's a lie straight from hell, God. Help us, we pray, like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand.